0: hey everybody and welcome to the sunny 16 podcast uh my name's aid and uh i think you should all go and sign up for the emulsive.org secret santa 2017 because then one of you lucky people would get the chance to go out with your friends and say hey you know that famous bloke off the internet yeah aid yeah i got to buy him a christmas present this year how cool is that or maybe it wouldn't work like that. I don't know. Anyway, um, it, this week is the Gadget Show. We have been promising this Gadget Show almost as long as we've been promising the Cheap Shots Challenge Show. And uh, we are rapidly catching up. And because all three of us are good photographic geeks, all three of us were itching to be on the show tonight. So over to my buddies. Graham, how are you, mate?
1: Aid, I am doing wonderfully. Um, you know, We're doing the Gadget Show, people's favourite devices. And what what show episode number is this?
0: Oh, go on then, child.
1: It's, it's episode 69, baby. What a perfect show number for gadgets. Um, unrelated, <laughs> obviously, in every way. What but, kind of I mean, gadget just, show it's... do
0: you think we're doing?
1: Uh, I don't know. I didn't look at the... <laughs> I just assumed it was relevant. Uh, I'm going to be disappointed. Um, no, I'm all good, thanks, dude. I'm all good. It's good to be uh, back on the mic with you and with the lovely Rachel, who's got electricity. Is this the first time we have had electricity in Liverpool, Rachel? <laughs>
2: So cheeky! Um, uh, it's lovely to be back with you guys too, thanks <laughs> Um Yes, I finally have electricity again. Um, we had a, a bit of a, a short out, um, there was smouldering, there was um, potential fire in the walls, all sorts of dramatic stuff happening here. Um, anyway, so, uh, so we went fully analog and I had to go to the shop and buy some candles. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the slowest of flashes <laughs> yeah
2: absolutely uh i should have tried shouldn't i i should have tried taking some photos by candlelight to uh commemorate the moment anyway um yeah back up and running again now thankfully so uh at least i'm here able to record with you guys again so nice to be back
0: uh, it's good to hear your voice so uh but you've been away for oh, it's, it's nearly two and a half weeks since we all last spoke so what have you been up to
2: Yeah, it's been a busy couple of weeks. Um, I believe I have two minutes flat to get in all of my news because we've got a packed show. So, um, yes, I started off uh, scrabbling around on a rooftop in Birmingham recently doing um, a uh, a sort of proposal for an art project, uh, taking some pinhole photos of uh, panorama up there, which is lots of fun. Um, then I was the next day I was down in London in a bunker underneath Westminster, um, shooting some some photography there um, in the Churchill war rooms. So that was brilliant. I love I love that space. It's a great venue if anybody's in London and hasn't been yet they should go and go and see the venue because it's very cool um it's got all sorts of lovely buttons and knobs and switches and all sorts of cool stuff um and then I went to Italy to do a wedding photography workshop do a bit of training for myself and and give myself a bit of a chance to um try shooting um some some new film to me um which you guys thank you so much you stepped up to the mark because um in typical my fashion rachel fashion i, uh, I it was about three days to go and i thought my goodness i have no film <laughs> uh, well i have film but maybe not film that i would normally uh, use because it was in italy so we don't normally get, well here in liverpool i don't normally get to shoot with you know iso 50 um put out a call on twitter and people came back with lots of fantastic suggestions uh, one of the favorites seemed to be um a bit of pan f plus so uh thank you so much for stepping up to the mark with that and a bit of portrait for me uh took those over there i'm waiting for the color my color ones to come back but i processed my black and white and uh, really pleased with how that's come out it's been lovely um the other thing that i did was For Talk Like a Pirate Day, which was recently, Um, I had a a little pop-up sort of uh, set where I went along to a children's book launch and took photos of the kids when they were meeting the author um, of... uh, the pirate Lammy and his woolly crew uh, book it's um sheep who have a, a woolly crew who go on the on the seas um so uh, so yes yeah, so I was there taking photos of the author with the kids and she was signing the books um and then we got to stick the instant photos in the front which was lovely and I've just started doing some lectures at the university as well because I had an email last week saying can we start on Monday so um i started yesterday yeah monday was yesterday okay so i started yesterday um doing a little bit of co-lecturing there it's for it's filmmaking for third years actually um but i've managed to squeeze in a little bit of analog so uh, i started off by showing them the um the short film that i went and did the production stills for down in london um, on the East India docks. It was the uh, the film noir. So I thought I'll start with that and uh, make sure I start as I mean to go on telling them how awesome the film is. So there you go. That's my news.
1: The, okay, okay, we've got questions. Can <laughs> I breathe I mean, now? Can I breathe now? Yeah. yeah it's, I'm exhausted just hearing that. Right, we need further information on some of this stuff, I feel. Um, what was the panoramic photo for?
2: Oh, um, so that's a an art project. Uh, it was just a proposal at this point. So I'll wait to see whether the client wants to come back um, to me on that. Uh, but basically, I'd gone along and said, well, I can look at doing some cyanotypes. I can look at doing some pinhole. Um, but basically, get me up on the rooftop because I want to uh, to shoot uh, the city sky skyline. Um, which I thought would be fun. Um, it turns out we couldn't find the door. It took us about half an hour to find the door, the right door to get out, so we could actually get up onto the rooftop. Um, so there I was, um, struggling in the uh, in the very windy conditions on a rooftop uh, with my dark dark bag and uh, and my Ilford Obscura pinhole you know five by four and what have you it's lots of fun um just to put together a bit of a proposal and say you know maybe this is something you could look at using in your atrium space so um it's down to the client whether they'd like to go ahead with that but you know you know me always like to uh, embrace a challenge and thought yeah let's do it with some analog that'd be good
1: so you're shooting so sorry i'm a little confused here i am very slow <laughs> uh, you're shooting a panorama with four by five
2: um it was to do a test so it would be you know that I'd be looking at stitching together a few of oh, okay. these negatives yeah for the fi- for the final project this was the um the commissioning stage so it was just oh. a uh, a test test run
1: okay cool and how did the wedding go
2: the wedding what wedding was i doing i was doing wedding
1: <laughs> the sorry hang Italy, on right?
2: oh sorry no right so yes that was a um actually that was a workshop so it was it, there were two real real life couples, but they were there as a styled shoot uh, rather than a full on wedding. So it was great in the, in that respect, in that we had a little bit of time with each of the couples. But with, there was quite a big group of us, and they split us up into smaller teams. Um we still had like it was twenty minutes, you know, per um, per group. Um, to uh, to shoot the couple um, you know in various different locations and things which is not a lot when there's five of you um, and all trying to get the angles and then obviously you know me being me decided to take along my film cameras of course um, which meant that I had three cameras clanking around me uh, as as I want to do and um, and yeah so uh, that was interesting trying to uh, kind of in the nicest possible way you go right everybody hold it i've got to shoot this one on my on my roller cord <laughs> so you're all gonna have to get out my shot <laughs> um so it was a, a little bit of a little bit of negotiating but it was a lovely group that i was working with they were they were super um and it was just nice to try it out in different lighting conditions really and different circumstances so uh yeah i was really pleased with that it's something very special about you know, getting when I got back, you know, processing those just to see if anything had come out because it was film I'd not really tried before, I'd not used. So I thought, well, you know, don't really know what's going to happen. And uh, yeah, pleased with the black and white. Um, like I say, I'm waiting for the colour still. Uh, Sent that off to the to the lab. So wait and see.
1: did you shoot any of the slide film as well rich because i know i sent you some um velvia as well did you shoot any of that or did you decide against it in the end i
2: I shot six frames of that um so it's still in the camera at the minute um because with only 20 minutes obviously um i had my black and white i had the color i wanted to make sure that i had enough opportunities to switch between the two but shooting with that plus my digital um, only in twenty minutes was quite t- quite tough uh, to get through the whole roll, uh, um, you know, that quickly. So, um, so I used the portrait and the Pan F Plus, and um, I, I put the Velvia in uh, just towards the end. Got a few uh, a few shots on that, and I'm going to finish up the roll with the autumn colours, hopefully. So I thought, well, at least if that's in the camera, I can try that. Uh, now we're getting into the the time of year where the colours are, t- are starting to turn here as well
1: should be lovely. Yeah. um, I'm guessing you didn't go all the way to Italy just for a 20-minute shoot. What else did you do whilst you were out there?
2: No, so it was was a full four-day workshop. Um, A lot of it was to do with uh, business and marketing and um, in terms of trying to find your ideal client, where they are, who they are, um, thinking a bit about yourself as a photographer, what it is that you're looking to achieve uh, through doing it. Um, and generally also to meet the other people who are in the industry get those network going, get those contacts um, happening, um, being able to be on, you know, on call for second shooting for other people and that kind of thing, too. So um, as is often the case, you, you kind of go along um, thinking, oh, you know, it'll be it'll be one thing, but you kind of come away with a lot more than you necessarily look you would think on paper you know so uh it's all about those um those conversations that you have with other photographers and finding out how they work and what works well for them and uh, and that kind of thing too so we had one day which was basically shoot day with the two different couples in two different locations and then we had a beautiful sort of sunset um as well which was lovely uh then we got to capture that and then the other uh, three days it was basically looking at the more the business side of things the marketing and uh, and the photography um, you know as an artist kind of thing that
1: sounds really cool yeah it was very cool.
2: Really lovely. a
1: busy couple of weeks then right
2: mm, yeah absolutely I'm,
1: I'm guessing yours has been as busy as that right Aid?
0: yeah but uh, but
1: no <laughs>
2: how can
0: anybody be as busy as that that's nuts <laughs> Uh, so what i I mean and the other thing is of course as i was on the show last week and um and i've been given strict instructions this week that i'm not supposed to talk about what happened on the show before last because we're look
1: (laughs) i love that you still refer back
0: (laughs) no no this is a forward-looking show we're not going to talk about that anymore ever (laughs) So I am the recipient of a new, well, new to me anyway, uh, original Lomo Instax mini camera, if that's what it's called. I think Lomo Instant, something like that. Anyway, um, courtesy uh, of Martin, um, who was uh, getting rid of it. Um, So I uh, relieved him of that. um, And I've been doing some testing. So I've been doing that whole thing you see on the YouTube uh, videos where you get the little Sharpie pen and you write around the edges of your Instax what was actually going on. Uh, and um uh tests are uh interesting actually um it's uh yeah because what i've been doing is is taking shot for shot against my fuji instax camera just to see what's what um and uh, uh you know initial reaction i i prefer the way the lomo camera exposes um uh on automatic it, it tends to expose so that the the brighter parts of the photograph are uh, what it's aiming at, rather than the darker ones. So if you take a photo of a person, their face will be really nicely exposed, but you won't be able to see a lot around. And whereas with the Fuji, it seems to expose for the background rather than the subject, mm-hmm. and the subject is all washed out. So that's good. Um, it also um, is uh, much more controllable because you can choose the aperture. So that it's a fixed shutter speed of a one twenty fifth. Uh, and then you can choose one of five apertures. So you can actually, mm-hmm. I haven't done any flash photography yet with it, because the, the test isn't complete yet, but uh, uh, I'm looking forward to doing some some flash photography with it, using the flash built into it to trigger some uh, some bigger lights. Um, so yeah, actually, uh, that that's a bit of fun. Uh, and today, or the last couple of days, I've been testing what happens when you shoot Ektar 100 at 400. Uh, because I want to know how far I can push it Um, for when I take it on my trip to Bhutan so that's going to be interesting too Um, so uh, I need to finish that roll over the next day or so get that off to the lab first of all I've got to find a lab who's prepared to push c41 two stops because I'm not sure (laughs) that everybody is happy with that sort of thing uh, and see where I can get to so uh, yeah all good stuff but um, nowhere near as busy on uh, as Rach I am very very pleased to say (laughs) but what about you mate are you somewhere in the middle or are you going to
1: make me look yeah. busy well no no first all, haven't you also been out doing some photo socializing over the last mm-hmm. week so i thought i saw you've been out like meeting up with some photo guys
2: and you oh, went to an yeah. exhibition didn't you as well oh, <laughs> really? oh
1: yeah mm-hmm. oh, well so you... this so there is a
0: there is a story to tell this so we had um uh, yes sorry that's a good point i should have spoken about that you're right so we had ages and ages and ages ago on twitter Uh, we were asked uh, by Ellen whose Twitter handle is at the field of film uh to uh, she was she tweeted that she was having a show she she lives in the states but she was having a show uh in a sort of cafe gallery type place in shoreditch which is a sort of arty fashionable part of london um and uh you know would anybody actually be able to go along and take a photograph of her picture on the wall in this place and uh so i said yeah absolutely and uh then so did um uh, sandeep, who is known on on the interwebs as give me a biscuit um, and sandeep and i uh, met up after work one evening last week um, uh, we met up in the pub just after 5 30 uh, just around the corner from this place uh, then uh, we looked at what time it was open till and realized that actually it was more cafe than gallery and it shut at 6 p.m so we took our bottles of beer out of the pub in our pockets <laughs> walked, and walked, walked straight <laughs> round to the cafe um to not uh, only to find that the fella had shut no and uh, oh, no, no, we, were, we were gutty because this was going to be the last chance or the only chance that we had to do this so um so we uh happily he was uh in plain sight um and he was he was standing there washing the dishes in his cafe um and so we knocked on the window and said please can we come in and he was really good he was really nice about it um he came, he let us come in uh and he chatted to us for a while um and uh you know and so we got to see the show um and i have posted some photos of it on twitter um because it's not just uh was um a uh, show that a uh, photo that ellen was in uh, it's also had one of lucy wainwright's photos in it as well oh, which which fabulous. is great i I'm, i i completely got my uh uh My threads crossed, uh, and when I put out the first tweet, I said, is this one of Tina's shots? And then everybody got very confused, and I felt really silly. and i i i, I well, well seeing as i've never met either tina or lucy i can't possibly all these women. On that. Yeah. um so uh the uh but i made a mistake and i apologise to everybody and it all turned out all right but i did feel foolish and and i earned the tagline from sandeep that classic you only had one job <laughs> 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 um but so, yeah um, so it's good to see sandeep good uh, and good to go and see this cafe and this guy is a really relaxed guy um has a, a little arty cafe um and What's cafe called? uh it's called fazenda and it's in shoreditch Pardon? Uh, what
1: uh, was the center
0: in shoreditch no, no, fazenda no. f-a-z-e-n-d-a um mm-hmm. and uh, i think the show is on there for another couple of weeks uh then there's another one but um actually sandeep uh, uh swapped phone numbers with him and sandeep said actually we should try and get a little bunch of friends together to have our own show there and mm-hmm. apparently they got some slots after christmas so um nice. you know we'll have to catch up with sandeep and figure out what the hell we're actually going to do about that but um that you know could be an opportunity there so um uh, yeah, it was good to do. It was good to uh, meet up with photo people and it was good to go and see some photographs that friends have got on the walls in a, in a real place, on a, in a show. Uh, what, was
2: the, cool. um, what was the exhibition itself? Was there a theme behind it?
0: Um, I don't think there's particularly a theme. Um, the uh, I believe it was a selection of images from a group called the Film Shooters Collective, uh, oh yes. which Ellen is a member of yeah. um so i think that's that that's how it came about um rather than there being a particular theme um so to, it was
2: quite an open brief was it by uh, the looks of the images
0: yeah as far as i'm, I'm not I'm, there there was no um sort of feeling of of strictness about it if you mm. see what i mean it was more mm-hmm. that the, the, there's um you know that here's some stuff that's going on sort of thing it it, it the, the neighborhood it's in and the type of place it was is pretty relaxed in 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 a yeah. good way um yeah. so uh you know that's um yeah yeah that, that's the sort of thing that the you know we'd I'd have expected it to be you know quite relaxed rather than something that was particularly formal um yeah it was good it was good so um and good fun um <laughs> So yeah, uh, thank you, Graham, for prompting me on on that because I I should have yes I should have been all set to mention that shouldn't I really?
1: That's all right. That's why I'm here to keep you two on your toes and remembering what you've done. I'm not like your personal <laughs> that, secretaries for both of you. That
2: is <laughs>
0: almost as scary as if Rach had said that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was going to say that's actually quite terrifying.
1: <laughs> all right. So, so what have you been up to then? Well, in the dramatic break with tradition, I've actually been out and taken some pictures within the last. <laughs> week which is a real shock to the system um as you guys know I, my life's been a bit up and down lately because of family stuff going on uh but as it happened i found myself um with saturday evening saturday morning i suddenly discovered that on saturday evening i had nobody who required my attention uh, my partner was away uh, my children are away everyone's away i thought well if i don't organize something i'm just going to sit in front of tv and play video games which No, I come to motion. It sounds like a really good way to spend a Saturday evening. But um, instead, what I did was I dropped an email to uh, past and future guest and awesome dude, Nasser Hamid, who is local to me in Oxford, and said, Look, I think I'm going to have some free time this evening. He'd mentioned before about perhaps catching up. Do you want to catch up and go for a walk around Oxford? Because I know that uh, Nasser's family is also absent at the moment. So he has got some good free time still. And he did. Um, We managed to meet up, despite NASA being a horrendous Luddite and um, a bit allergic to using even mobile phones. But we still managed to meet up and make that work. And we went for a walk around Oxford by night taking photos. uh, And it was... um, it was just a very pleasant evening. The weather was really nice. It was really mild compared to what it's been like during August. Um, it was so nice. I was out there in short sleeves going, Well, oh, this is really very pleasant. Um, and we were the most opposite ends of the spectrum. So NASA was there, he had his um uh, Fuji, I can't remember what it's called, is it GS69, the sort of um, range finder 6x9 medium format? You guys know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, he uh, mentioned yes. that on
2: the show, yeah. The Texas
1: Leica, yes. the yes. big
0: Texas It's Leica. a G- so GW690 there. or something it's called, isn't it? That's
1: the one, yeah. Um, so he's there with that and he's got it on the tripod, um, he's got his cable release, he's got his Pentax digital spot meter and um, he is Setting up, he's looking for really nice texture, um, the shadows, like real nice detail stuff, um, and you know, setting the pictures up, waiting, getting fine tuned, and getting lovely shots. Uh, I was there
2: more of architecture then, or people.
1: Uh, it wasn't people. Okay. Because the shutter speeds, he was shooting with um, Fuji at Cross 100, so the shutter right. speeds were getting quite long.
2: And you're um, at night. <laughs> and
1: it was nighttime, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So no, it was more, um, it was architectural detail and also just b- chunks of the city, just bits, you know, it might have been a. Um, the way that light was playing over uh, a telephone box and a lamp and stuff like that, all sorts of different pieces. Um, it was great because he was he's saying, oh, look, come and have a look at the viewfinder. And so I was seeing what he was looking at and that was very cool. Um, so that was awesome. I was there um, with my myopic me camera, basically waving it around blind, going click, 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 not focusing <laughs> on anything, metering anything. to think. That'll be fine. I reckon three seconds. What well, do you think? That three seconds seems fine. <laughs> so we <laughs> were... We were very was, much...
2: Was NASA like, breaking out in a cold sweat at this point?
1: <laughs> no, that's the thing. NASA is the chillest dude out. He, he's, it was great getting to spend some time with him. And it was actually a really useful evening because um, this is a thing that we uh, thought... We spoke at the end that said, this would be a great thing to do again with other people. And we've already talked about the fact that we want to reorganise a meetup in Oxford. And for me personally, it's a lot easier organizing an evening meetup because evenings tend to be a lot easier to free up for me so this is a thing we're absolutely going to do probably within the next month um uh but yeah it was great you know he's he's great at talking about what he's doing and getting you involved in what he's doing but he's also super supportive about whatever nonsense i'm buggering about with well. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like i mean he he's like oh that sounds really cool what you're doing i bet that's gonna look it's like look you and i both know this is going to be a big pile of pap but i appreciate you saying it um <laughs> but it's it's oxford's a really nice place to wander around in the evenings it's um you know the different parts of it have a very different feel. So if you wander away from the the centre of it, the, the busy hub, and get down the back streets where all the colleges are and stuff like that, it's got very one feel. And if you do wander back towards the centre where all the nightlife is and stuff like that, it's got a very different feel. Um, and um, and I I love going out at night with a camera because everything is different because the lights coming from different angles and um, there's just and it's also it's shifting around as cars come past and it's great I, I it makes for a real fun shooting experience even just in my own village here where there's nothing to do i when i got the chance i will always pop out at night because it's just it's a fun time to be out with a camera. Um, I th- yeah. obviously I didn't take a tripod or a shutter release or anything like that. Um, I just took my ch- myopic my me camera uh, with its buggered up lens and just went, ah, this will be fine. Uh, was running the risk a bit because wandering around Oxford with my glasses off and just ambling into the middle At of the road could have got me flattened. <laughs> but um, In the yeah, it made flat. it through so all right. So Hold yeah, on. it was it was good fun it was good fun and if anybody does think they might like to join us for a mooch round oxford in the evening um drop me an email uh, so we can get an idea of who might be up for that um but i think that's something we're going to definitely gonna try and get organized possibly within october or early november um certainly in the near future and uh yeah it was good fun it was it was very good fun um like i said nasa's a great company to hang out with Um, even if he is a complete Luddite. uh, It was... (laughs) And also I had exactly the same problem in person as I did on the phone. It's very hard to stop chatting to NASA about stuff. So I'm like, well, I've got to, I've got to go now. And then just another topic, subject of conversation will come up. We'll end up there for another 20 minutes. Like God, look, I've got to go now. Um, so yeah, it was great. It was a very fun evening. It was nice to get out and take some pictures. Um, and I actually finished up one roll of film. So that's how many pictures I managed to take. I mean, there's already some shots on there, but so I will get some of those developed fairly soon. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was it's the first chance I've had to get out with a very photo focused um motive for brr, I can't even think how long. So yeah, that was great. Um I can't wait to do it again.
0: Busy time That's all round then I think. Mm.
1: Mm. Yeah. <sighs>
0: Blimey. Oh, yeah See, it's it's making me it's making me uh just tired just thinking about it. But well, there you go. <laughs> I have a mental image of you sort of wandering around, you know, like when they show on like crime dramas when the victim has been drugged and wanders out into the middle of the street, and cars go <laughs> by and there's a Doppler effect on their horns and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> yes. I, 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 and I could and just picture sort of NASA tutting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that is not far off.
0: But but room. at least at least for NASA, at least he got to see a great artist at work. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and a we, real it treat, was a rare treat for him. And mm-hmm. the best thing was, we wandered past um, Blackwell's, is the uh, quite famous bookshop in Oxford, and we wandered past the window display there. Because the one thing that I haven't got any chance to do at all during this month is go and see any of the photo exhibitions. But we wandered past Blackwell's, and it had the um, Martin Parr book uh, on Oxford that he's brought out and the exhibition is going on in conjunction with this and um yes nasa had some less than complimentary things to say about it (laughs) in general and i'll be honest i looked at the pictures in the window that they were showing it's like "Mm, yeah that seems like quite cliche oxford so um but there you go, so, so we wandered around slagging up Martin Parr, <laughs> and <laughs> it's a good time. And I saw the Iron Man dude that we talked about, Rach, on top Anthony
2: of
1: the... Anthony Gormley. Yeah, Anthony Gormley, so we saw his um, Iron Man on top of the thing. It was very cool. I now believe... Is it Iron Man on thing.
2: top of the thing? Yeah. Oh, do you mean the Angel of
1: the North? No, no, I didn't see the Angel of the North in Oxford. I haven't had that much to drink yet. Oh, I, I didn't meet be-
2: i didn't realize you meant actually in the, in oxford okay sorry i thought you were talking about photos in the exhibition
1: no no there is there's one of his iron men stood on top of a building
2: in oxford ah uh, yes yeah actually nasa did mention that didn't he yeah that's cool oh good i'm glad that you uh, i'm glad that there's a little bit of of that down there as well that's really cool
1: it was very cool it was very cool all
0: right well there we go uh quick catch up on news of what we'd all been up to uh we could have a, a little break to recover <laughs> And then we'll come back and talk about some gadgets. All right, folks, we promised you gadgets and gadgets we have. Uh, We have... Uh, thank you, I guess. First is the thing to say. Uh, thank you to everybody that's emailed in uh, emails. E- emailed in emails. Should we start that one again? Or should we just...
1: No, nope, carry on. on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Firstly, thank you to everybody who has emailed us in uh, notes about their gadgets, uh, favourite things. Um, And uh, we are going to share some of those things with you now, as well as some of our own. And maybe at the end, without wanting to add a competitive element to it, Graham, um, we will maybe have some personal favourites. First up then, um, Graham, we have had an email from Zach Ribbing. Uh, Would you like to share that with our listeners?
1: I certainly will. Uh, Zach gets in touch to say that the only thing that he could think of for analog photography was my slide focusing rail. It works for digital too, but it's great for fine tuning close up work. Uh, I don't have anything great. I actually found mine in a dollar bin at the local antique store. It's an old German brand called Novoflex. New ones are still made by Novoflex and go for about $200 on B&H site. So I feel good about my find. Uh, mine only goes backwards and forwards, which is all I need. But there are fancier ones that also move from side to side. So do you know, do you guys both know what um, we're talking about here with this thing?
0: Uh, yes, but why don't you describe it for everybody else? OK.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so these are, I- I'm assuming, the Bellows extensions that you can get. Um, they were particularly popular around a lot of the ones you see are for are the M42 mount and I think some of the old nickel mounts. So they're, they're bellows that you can adjust backwards and forwards. So you attach the bellows on a rail to your camera and then you attach the lens that you're using it with to the front of the bellows so it's great for doing close-up work um because it, it is as you said you turn the little handle to adjust backwards and forwards like you would on um, a large format camera so you've got a lot of control over it um they're very cool have you come across these at all before
2: range? i was just thinking about um how i don't suppose it would have even that would have helped me win the uh, the macro challenge with my uh, with my big yellow camera
1: <laughs> it's a thing that i've i've actually looked at in the past i've sort of seriously thought about picking ones up and been keeping an eye on ebay for some cheap ones because they do them, seem don't
2: they? they look really cool
1: <laughs> yeah they do and um you know they look like they'll be real easy to muck around with trying you know to jewelry rig up lenses that weren't necessarily meant to go with the ones mm. that are there. I've got a couple of old um I'm not even sure what their lenses is from. I don't know whether they're from old large format cameras. I think one of them is for sure from a um an old enlarger. And I thought, well actually if I get a get one of these things, I can get the lens far enough away from the plane of focus. I might actually be able to use this to do something with, but I haven't done yet. Um, but yeah, the fact is that they are still made new by Novaflex. Um, a lot of the older ones you see, they're quite a lot of old Russian ones around by um, Helios and things like that. So you can find them pretty cheap. Um, often they'll pop up if you see like a job block somebody's old camera stuff you know getting rid of an old slr and some bits and pieces they'll pop up in that. but that's a really good shout that's the thing that i want actually is one of those uh slightly focusing rail things very cool good shout
2: good, good gadget that
1: yeah
0: definitely. Mm. yeah it's it's uh it is good and Novoflex makes some really fun stuff as well they make a, a hands-free umbrella <laughs> um, like, so, oh, is
2: this the one that clips around your head?
0: Uh, no, no, no. It's it's it sort of how I think. Judging from the photo on their website, they have a a sort of harness, and it can yeah, a harness with an umbrella holder, and and, and oh, so they gosh. have this. So so yeah, but but actually, I think the the thing that they're most they're most known for, perhaps in, in in the digital world, is that they make adapters for lenses, so that lenses can work on mirrorless digital cameras for yeah, from different brands. Uh, the sort of thing that i i I used to um i haven't got Novaflex ones actually but uh the sort of thing that i used to to use nikon and bronica lenses on my fuji digital camera so uh, they make those as well so they're all all good stuff from Novaflex. so that is definitely a good shout thank you very very much zach right um on to the next one so uh next one is from alex purcell so rach uh would you like to read us out alex's email
2: Sure. So um, Alex says, hi, Rachel, Graham and Aid, randomly generated order. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, I still got first. Woo! Um, I've got two gadgets that work well for me. Uh, It says first one is a coat hanger that I've extended with a thin piece of dowel. And the second is just a piece of string. Okay. so I probably should explain what he said here about them. I use the hanger to rapidly finish off drying film over the radiator after 20 minutes hanging it without heat um this gets drying down to just one hour hmm, okay um i would have thought just would have been a problem doing it this way but it's not incidentally incidentally i have a lot less dust to remove in photoshop since realizing that most of it was appearing du- during the scanning uh, i cured that with a keen eye a microfiber cloth a powerful torch held at a shallow angle and a blower so finishing off the drying like this must be okay
0: Mm. maybe that's your problem guy maybe that's your problem
2: Mm. yeah yeah because you have messy messy negatives aren't you yeah
1: Mm. that's fine i've solved that problem i've discovered i've discovered that using the digital technology to just blitz it while scanning it works quite well now actually i mean it takes a real long time to scan them in but it works quite well
2: is this with your v5 50 or, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I tried this in the past. using It's got this thing called Digital Ice, which is supposed to remove the dust. And I think I probably only used it on the quick setting before, which did mm-hmm. nothing. No. But using it on the quality setting actually does a pretty good job. Um, it just takes a long time to scan in the next doing that. But mm-hmm. at least it's time I can spend doing other stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, so, so, so I just, just need to have a keen iron microfiber cloth and a powerful torch
0: <laughs> well, no, so I think Alex's approach seems to work for him but I'm yeah. a bit curious what the dowel is for so I can get that the coat hanger is something you could hang the uh, the film over it, it, how, how does the dowel work in this equation
2: um, he's ex- he says he's extended it so I suppose maybe it's to um, mean that the coat hanger's not flat against the radiator or something he goes on to say his second gadget is the best though like how he's phrased that. My second gadget is the best though. Since Kim isn't terribly keen on a draining board full of developing paraphernalia, that's really hard to say. <laughs> um, probably left out for a bit longer than necessary in brackets. I think we can all relate to that. Um, I use the piece of string to tie them all up straight after using them and hang them up to dry out of the way in the utility room. There we go. So that's how he uses the piece of string. Uh, keep up the excellent work with the podcast. And P.S. When is the Western UK Sunny Sixteen Meetup happening? Ah, well, we now know um, news on the Oxford one at least. So that's.
1: I want to do a Wales one as well. I'm really keen to do a Wales one. Mm -hmm. Gonna make that happen.
2: Don't worry, we're we're on it. We'll we'll sort it out, right? It's
1: gonna happen. So, if
0: I remember correctly, (laughs) Alex actually hangs around a lot in the west of Wales, doesn't he? So when he says
2: Western
1: (laughs) UK, he really means it.
2: West, West, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I'm,
1: I'm hoping to go on holiday at some point within the next 24 years Um, and I definitely want to head over to his neck of the world again because that's where we went on holiday last year and so if we do end up over there again I will be um, trying to find some way of hooking up with Alex despite the protestation of my children no doubt I'm sure they'll be fine with it no worries
2: I like I like his second gadget with a piece of string I think that's you know that's definitely uh, my kind of vibe
0: (laughs) Yeah, that works for me too, actually. Yeah, string, very useful. Okay, all right, next one up. uh, Next email is from Mike Gutterman. And Mike says, hello again, gang. Uh, Yeah, we have um, had a few emails from Mike recently. Thank you very much, Mike. Always happy to get them. Uh, Wanted to throw in my two cents for your gadget podcast. Two things that have made my film life so much easier. The first is from Freestyle Photo here in the States. It is the Arista Pro Film Tank Reels. You have to get the pro reels as they have regular ones as well. The pro ones have huge tabs to guide where to load the film on the reels. I have always had good luck with 35mm on regular reels but these pro reels load 120 film with ease as well. The amount of cussing that used to commence has ceased and my wife is much happier with my film <laughs> habit now. All right, so That's so awesome. I, I'm going to ask Graham about this because I know, Graham, yeah, I mean, you have your special trick for the 35mm, don't you? You just load it in daylight. Mm. Um, but I know that you have uh, you don't get that
1: option with the 120. So have you had trouble loading 120? It's certainly not my favourite thing to do. I mean, I, I've, a few years ago at this point, somebody showed me the technique for kind of one folding a little bit of the end over and then bending it back again, so you've got like a little ridge in it to make it a bit more rigid, and also how to hold it so that your fingers are supporting it. But, um, yeah, I always find 120 the more difficult one to load in the dark, so this sounds great. Nice big tabs to get them in, sounds wonderful. The thing is, because different films offer different level, levels of difficulty to load onto reels, because some of them are much softer than others, some of them are just tightly coiled like a bloody spring um so anything that can make it easier has to be a good thing and uh, yeah that sounds awesome oh well you'll have to get some
0: uh so uh right any uh mike's second gadget the second is a light box I got it to use for Abe's Film Lab app, but it has tons of other photo uses as well. Uh, with the app, I can get preliminary scans that are good enough to determine which photos are worth spending time scanning at high res on my Epson V800. Plus, it just makes looking at negatives in sleeves much easier. Uh, those are my two newest and favourite gadgets at this time. Do you know what? I'm liking my light box. Uh, well, actually, mine's a panel rather than a box, which I also got to work with Abe's Film Lab app um and yeah it is interesting it's (laughs) yes oh right well there you go so so rachel are you using yours for anything creative uh, as well as using it for the film lab app
2: um just just because i like looking at pretty negatives so i kind of just put them on it and switch it on and go oh isn't that nice (laughs) (laughs) Ah. um yeah i'm just happy doing that to be honest honestly it doesn't take much to keep me happy um yeah um, i love it for that mine's also a, a light panel um just i can take it out with you know one of the little um portable battery packs just plugs into that and uh happy days yeah uh, i did also get it f- to use abe's film lab um, app with it so uh, so that's been really really helpful actually very good
0: yeah. So, yeah. So I've been. You know, I've used mine as well for for that and for you know, As as you say, just just looking at negatives and and working and and seeing what you get. Uh, it's nice. I like looking at uh, whole strips of them. Saves holding them up to the window, or I can see them in the dark when there's no light outside. So um, good stuff. And thanks again, Mike, uh, for the email. Um, two good gadgets there. Right back over to Graham, then uh who is going to uh read the next email so I saw this and I said the, it, the email came in it said oh, yeah, from Angela Solis and I thought why well, not sure I know an Angela Solis but this this is Jella <laughs> isn't it who was actually on the show courtesy of yes. Rach's Field Report um so <laughs> so I uh, I'm not sure that I know her well enough to call her Jella but what Yeah, let's go with it. Anyway, uh, (laughs) over to you.
1: Yeah, the wonderful Angela, who we all love and adore, especially as she's promising to send us, hopefully mostly me, goodies in the post. We love you, Angela. (laughs) Um, (laughs) In the midst of gathering ideas for my husband from the upcoming gadget show, um, words like that anyway, but for myself, something that I want to mention would be our 35mm scanner of choice, the Kodak pack on F135 plus uh, also known as the next Lab F135 plus this used to be the scanner used at mini labs unfortunately these now cost an arm and a leg and i am not surprised because this gem makes our scanning way way easier and faster what it does is that we just feed the uncut 35 mm roll of film and it scans it in one go This sounds amazing. Um, All the adjustments we have to do would be minor tweaks in how the scanner cuts the images. As this is an older device, it requires us to run an older Windows OS and the photo sizes are a bit smaller, but for sharing things online or printing it for 4x6 or 5x7, it's just right. I've made an album from an online printer before and the scans I got from this device were just lovely. Just to let you know, the rolls of film I've shot while on holiday – they, they are scanned using this, and as of yesterday, my husband scanned six rolls of film within thirty minutes. Amazing! That is amazing because uh, I know you don't scan your own stuff, Aid, but to give you um, some, uh, some idea, so using the digital ice to remove the dust, as I am at the moment, to scan uh, twelve frames from a roll of film takes me, I think, about fifteen minutes. It might even be twenty minutes using digitalized yeah, just for yeah. twelve. Frames. So the fact that they did six rolls in 30 minutes is incredible. Um, I am also personally a big fan of Google Keep for tracking down my film rolls. Although with the arrival of the Analog app, which is a new photography app that's come out recently, we'll see if the latter takes its place. Keep has the function for me to archive and use the checkboxes so I can track scanned rolls. But at the moment, the Analog app doesn't have this capacity. But we'll see. The developer actually came from the city of Winnipeg in Canada, where I lived before moving to Toronto. Also, the birthplace of Rachel's favourite OMGs, which hopefully I'll be getting something to post to. Please, God, please. And I'm not <laughs> going to post these to you, Rachel. If they, you were too slow on that, if those OMGs turn from my house, you, 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 I said I'll send you a picture of me enjoying them.
2: We should probably explain. They are what they are. They're they're beautiful, delightful little bite-sized treats of um, pretzel and chocolate and caramel and amazingness. So, yeah.
1: They sound so good. Uh, Aid, We probably should have mentioned to you Because you don't go on Instagram But yeah, um, Angela sent us a message Saying she's going to post us some goodies And obviously I gave her my address And Rachel gave her your address But we, we couldn't remember you also But we'll definitely post on what's <laughs> left Once we've eaten them
2: <laughs> Thanks Graham. And do you know what, <laughs>
0: in, in this harsh world You know, I, I, I don't feel that, uh, Any lack of trust towards either of you That that will happen <laughs>
2: We should probably just do a quick little shout out for Angela as she is so lovely uh, with her, her website for her magazine, which is uh, De Pincel D E R P I N S E L dot com. So uh, you can go there and have a little look at some of her lovely stuff, her lovely work.
0: Okay, good stuff. All right, well, Rach, uh, sticking with you then, uh, uh, an email now from Andrew Bartram
2: yes so andrew sends um good morning rachel graham and aid Ah, oh, i got the first again all right um you'll be pleased to know that i am just three shows short of synchronization so excited he says um it's lovely to have rachel on the show as she brings a bit of culture to the podcast i promise i didn't write this <laughs> um thank you very much andrew um it's been a bit of a marathon having started um Oh, sorry having started early july this year the music is permanently going around in my head all day long and i am even have even having visions of sunny things are oh, um we're subliminally uh affecting people now um i just have to say you all do a great job and i love your the chaps amateurish enthusiasm that's a compliment by the way <laughs> he says <laughs> so you bring
1: culture and we bring amateurish enthusiasm i mean i'll take it
2: I, I will say that too. <laughs> he says, so gadgets, dot, dot, dot. Can I shout out some darkroom essentials? Of course you can, Andrew, um, since you are so lovely to to say those nice things to me. Um, so number one is a Magnesite focus aid that allows me to focus into the corners of the image. Um, got a friend to buy this for me from B&H about 10 years ago. Neither so uh, of you used for,
1: that? No, I'm guessing this is a thing for helping with printing. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. No, it's in, a, in the dark was, room,
2: you pop over your over your um uh, your projection from your enlarger so that you can check your focus focusing before you obviously waste a waste a print. I, th- I yeah. presume that's what it's yeah.
1: I haven't got um, a good um, focus aid yet, and that's something I need to get actually is a good one and one that will get right because most of them are obviously quite rounded and not great for getting right into corners of frames if you're using a, a frame thing. So that sounds like a pretty cool thing.
2: Yeah, so it's called a magnasite. Focus aid. Cool. Um, number two uh, is a small LED torch with a minimum mag light uh, red filter and mount. This is great for judging snatch point with lith printing and finding stuff I've dropped in the dim light. Excellent. Uh, number three, uh, bits of blue tack <laughs> on the florist's wire for dodging. Ah, interesting. Um number four is old bits of flexible card for burning. So for his bits of dodging and burning, he's using bits of blue tack and old bits of card. Very good. Um number five, extractor fan and light tight baffle for nice airflow. Very good. Making sure that the health and safety is uh, under check there. Um so there we are, when out shooting. Hmm. Um oh I know, a big floppy hat for standing out in the sun when making uh note making because it's what you do with a ronald type cameras photo photographs oh i see what it yeah. means so you're making rather than you know shooting um with the camera you make a photograph so a big floppy hat for when you're standing out in the sun so you don't get burnt. excellent
1: those are really good shouts it's one that, mm. Have you, you you've done darkroom printing obviously rach um yep have you done do you do a lot of stuff like dodging and burning because it's it is an arena that i have not touched at all yet with my limited amount of printing
2: i do i do little bits yeah i mean basically it's just about adding a little bit of extra light to areas that you want and taking a bit away from areas that you don't want so um yeah it's uh have, have a go you know um i know that you process do you have an enlarger actually Graham?
1: yes i do yeah
2: right okay Okay, well, yeah, yeah. honestly, just a bit of cards, great. You just sort of waggle it around a little bit over the top. <laughs> nice and oh, technical. Oh, well, that sounds easy.
1: I'll, I'll do that. Just get yeah. a bit of cards and waggle it around a bit over the top. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad to pretty, hear you've got a job much, as a lecturer yeah. now. This is reassuring. Yeah. Um, and actually, <laughs> on the subject of torches and their usefulness, when I was mm. out with NASA on Saturday night, um, he had a small but powerful LED torch, and he was using it, as he was doing his long exposures, he was using it to, like, paint up the buildings in front of him because this thing was beaming right onto things like um the Radcliffe camera which is a very um notable building in Oxford and, and you know even at quite a distance he was using it to like top up the dome on the top of it with a nice bit of light so uh, I mean I'll be obviously really interested to see how that come out but it was just a use for a good powerful torch that I wouldn't have thought of like that so yes having something having a good torch is multifaceted in its use um Especially for Did you focus finding things point in... as
2: well. Yeah.
1: yeah, also that, yeah. Because it, it can, when with the uh, light level dropping down so low as it was in some of the spots in particular, yeah, he was getting me to shine the torch on one point so he could focus.
2: Because so. uh, yeah. I, I, I was trying that, you know, with a bit of nighttime photography when I was using the street lights outside, you know, for testing for some film noir type style stuff. But obviously, the street light is great when you've got your exposure set, to, you know, two seconds, three seconds, what have you. Um, but in terms of trying to actually focus that and make sure that you've got it dead in focus um i think i was shooting on my old pentax s1a at this point and and you just can't see anything there's no nothing (laughs) so um it's really useful to have that extra led torch or i I think i was using the torch on my phone actually for that at that point but um having the extra little led torch would be a great great thing
0: sounds like good gadgets to me i know i think uh, andrew must have sent this email in uh uh A little while ago when we first started putting calls out for this show, because I know that he has caught up since. Um, So, uh, you know, he's uh, he's clearly, um, you know, uh, well, uh, he's been one of our most avid listeners. And I hope you're all right, Andrew, because I know that he's um, not only is uh, he. Now not going to be able to listen to the podcast whenever he wants because he'll only get one a week. Uh But he's he's been out actually in the Carolinas uh in, in the last week or so. He's on a on a road trip, uh, I think a road trip or, or maybe um, just a tourist trip uh in uh, America, and he's been taking oh, some photographs. Uh, yes, the, 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 the
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just amusing myself. Oh, uh, there the, the,
0: honestly
2: right shall i move on i'm just gonna i'm just gonna finish off what he says because actually he came back and said um listening to rachel in episode 63 talking about id11 this is my standard for most things if you dilute it it acts as a semi-compensating developer to rein in contrast for easier printing i tend to use it at one-to-one um as a one-shot more for convenience than anything else um yeah it is it is obviously convenient to be able to do it as a a one-to-one. To To be honest, I try and um, be as economical as possible with mine and stretch it out as far as I can. So um, I tend to do mine at the one-to-three ratio. Um, He says, personally, I think hopping around between too many film and development combos can be exciting but a tough gig if you want to understand how a particular emulsion responds in different conditions. Um, For darkroom work, having consistent legs and ones that print happily on uh, grade design two to three give you enough flexibility to be creative with the printmaking. He obviously, he clearly enjoys that side of things with him doing the dodging and burning and and what have you as well. Um, so that's great. Um, he says, so does this link in with gadgets you see? Um, oh, so this, do- no, sorry, let me start that bit again. So this does link in with gadgets you see, because I use a five liter wine bag <laughs> in a box for storing the ID 11 and multi-grade print developer. As you dispense, the golden liquid, the bag collapses, and no air comes into contact with said developer. No air, and therefore no oxidisation. To add it to the list. Um, He finishes with keep up the good work, Rachel. Thank you, Andrew. (laughs) Um, No, I think that is one of the best uses for an empty wine bag that I could possibly think of. Excellent. I'm definitely going to give that a go.
1: (laughs) Can you, you, this right can you buy i mean i'm assuming you have to drink the wine first can you buy empty wine i guess you that's uh, i I
2: imagine what he means it's the box of wine but you get the plastic bag that holds the wine inside the box don't you you know from supermarket Mm -hmm. or is that just me (laughs) um (sighs) and Mm -hmm. it has the little (laughs) yeah yeah and it has the little tap on it so obviously you can open it up to get your wine out so you need to finish that first but keep the box and the bag or at least keep the bag um probably in the box would be better actually because then at least you won't have the light getting in as well um which will mean that it will last longer as well um but if you then use that refill it up for your developer then you just dispense it via the tap um mechanism again i w- would assume as the bag-, bag collapses there's no air going back into it so uh it means that it will last a lot, lot a lot longer which is great mm,
1: good tip
0: really good
2: idea mm. thanks very much andrew that's great
0: yeah that, that that's uh very very interesting that actually okay so uh right then is it graham graham is it your turn to to talk about the gadgets uh as advised
1: by jim melcher okay um i have enjoyed listening to the podcast thoroughly since i started to catch every episode r- roughly 30 episodes ago uh, my listening was a bit sporadic before that well we'll forgive you anything jim um I look forward to the new episodes every week and there's always something fresh to learn and a plentiful, pleasant camaraderie. Um, I'm glad you joined the show, Rachel. The three of you compliment each other very well. I mean, not in the very real sense. We don't insult each other mostly. (laughs) Um, This is my humble submission for your call for gadgets. My favourite gadget when shooting is my iPhone, which has become virtually my only light meter. The app I use is Pocket Light Meter, made in the UK. I have not learned to use the logging feature, but the basic light meter feature works for me. I even use it as a wide angle spot meter. Since you can aim the phone's camera at the scene you want to read, you can keep your camera in manual mode. Avoid having to compensate for the bright spots in the scene. Um, that's really good. I mean, again, having Mm. the, the iPhone, well, any smartphone is so powerful in terms of what it can do. Um, and there's a nice little thing on the end here your fellow countryman tim rudman has a book called the world of lith printing because we talked about that a lot when tina was on last in it he quotes fellow photographer skip smith the most important tool in your dark room is the wastebasket basket." Uh, by skip smith uh, i think that is a <laughs> that is a great gadget <laughs> um nasser and i were talking about printing on saturday um and we were both saying much the same thing that neither of us do it often enough to get really competent at it so whenever we do it to get one good print takes so many misprints uh so yes the waste bin gets an awful lot of use whenever i'm in there so um yes thank you very much for that jim (laughs) yeah he goes
2: on he goes on underneath oh he does carry on did you see Mm -hmm.
1: i didn't know but he sent a photo of the bin bin, (laughs) um i've seen those pictures before um after the wastebasket the iphone is pretty useful in the dark room too just to remember to keep it in your back pocket so you don't accidentally fog the paper i find myself using an app called f-stop printing calculator during every session I didn't even know this was a thing. My procedure usually involves starting with a test strip with even times per exposure. Uh, Even time times per exposure? Okay, so say two to three second intervals just to ballpark the basic exposure. But after that, as I zero in on a final print values, it's essential to work with stops instead of even time segments. Segmenting a test strip in stops, of course, involves carefully lengthening the time per exposure. I first learned about this concept from Gene Knock-On Explains Black and White F-Stop Printing uh, on YouTube. With the F-Stop Printing Calculator, I eliminate a lot of guesswork after the first test strip. Um, I mean, I understand what he's getting off that, that That falls under the realms of, oh, this is why I end up throwing so much stuff in the bin because I'm really bad at that stuff. probably the coolest gadget i own is the minolta autometer 4f which is especially useful for metering flash it has a pc sync socket that can trigger the flash and get ambient reading before you take a picture a real time saver your portrait sitters will love you for it that sounds like a good one i really would like to get a meter i was looking at um nasa's pentax spotmatic light meter i'm going oh that's pretty cool and um yeah the minolta autometers are also very cool i've seen a couple of those there. they um look really useful
2: tools do you have one aid is that one of the meters that you use
0: uh i mean i do use a meter but i don't have a minolta one Mm. i have a seconic one actually in fact i have two seconic ones i have a a very small pocket sized uh little analog meter just for measuring um uh, i can uh, measuring ambient light essentially um, um and then i have a slightly bigger one although it's still more or less the bottom of the range uh flash meter which can can give flash exposures as well um, uh, which i use for uh well i i use all the time quite frankly um i mean it's you know when you're using flash with with film photography you don't get to look at it on the back of the screen you know um you, you need to meter it <laughs> and, and then shoot so uh you know which so it is um it, it is good to be able to do that and um, having um Having one with a, a a trigger in it is great. Mine mine does have a a, a PC sync trigger in it. Um, although actually, um, because my flashes are radio controlled anyway, um, if I hold, I can just hold the transmitter. Uh, you know, or you know, if it's in the hot shoe of my camera around my neck, then I can just press the the, the button when I'm holding the the flash meter in the right place. So yes, very very useful gadgets. Those um, to you know improve massively improve the hit rate of of shots. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's good stuff. Say I'm I'm absolutely going to check out this thing that um, uh, we were talking about with that from Jim because the um, with the regards to the printing because that is the thing that I find super hard. It, it, when I've done printing in the past, I've done that thing of doing a test strip to get within the ballpark, but then starting to narrow it down and the the interplay between the time and the f stops and all that. I just i don't have a clue so this um gene gene knock on no con explains black and white f-stop printing on youtube i'm I'm absolutely going to be having a cut that and also seeing if this f-stop printing calculator thing is available on android as well because that would be super useful when i finally get a chance to get back in the dark room because i haven't done any printing in months yeah
2: it sounds Thank really good that, that um, yeah yeah thanks jim
0: Hmm. okay all right so i think uh on to the next one which is uh also the last email um uh although definitely not the least uh it is from friend of the show neil piper he says um hi graham rach Aid, yeah. special guest brackets delete is appropriate <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think you've been lost on every one of these ones Aid.
0: Well, you know, no, you can't be first can. in, on every show, Graham, you know. <laughs> like, in, oh, in, up, gyms, move on.
2: in gyms, it was, it was actually Dear Rachel, Ada and Graham in gym. I <laughs> <laughs> don't
0: know if you saw that. <laughs> no, that one had passed me by, so it is. Who's, who's this imposter with a name like mine? <laughs> uh, and, uh, yes, hopefully she sounds a little bit more alert than me. So, anyway, right, uh, email from Neil. Uh, so, a call for gadgets, you say? Well... I don't really have any gadgets that I can think of right now. Well, thanks a bunch, Neil. <laughs> do I need to read the rest do I need to read the rest of the email or shall we just call it quits and move on? Okay, well we'll give it a try. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I don't have any gadgets that I, I can think of right now, but you did say that they didn't have to be photography related. Rather that they just had to be something that you use within your practice that you couldn't do without. Right? Good. Well, here is something that I really couldn't do without. You ready? Okay. IKEA cushions. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, I don't
2: think any of us were expecting that. <laughs> no.
0: Well, this is I am. Li- li- this is me lit- literally reading it in the in the way that Neil has written Written it. Yeah, you got that right. IKEA cushions. Other brands of soft furnishings are available and will probably do the trick just fine. But hear me out. My house does not have the room for a dedicated dark room, but I simply cannot handle using a dark bag unless I really, really have to. They are horrible little bags of sweaty hell. I agree with that. And I don't (laughs) think I have ever used one without a problem to load film onto developing spools. Paper into pinhole cameras is fine, but not film. Anyway, my downstairs bathroom has a small window, which is the perfect size to squeeze in four IKEA cushions. (laughs) One large square and three (laughs) of those sausage-shaped ones, if you're interested. (laughs) making the window completely light tight uh, couple this with a blanket around the bottom of the door, and hey, a dark room that I can stand and load up, stand and load up my tanks in comfortably. It even has a seat if I should need it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sharing too much there, Neil. <laughs> like...
2: This sounds like Rosie. This sounds like my caravan because I have the dark room in the toilet. You see, so uh, yeah, you can take the toilet uh, out, or you can use it as a seat.
0: Oh, well, you, you <laughs> and Neil, you and Neil, obviously independently independently arrived at the same solution. So he goes on. This works better later in the day when it's a bit darker outside I can imagine that if you're blocking cushions into a window, uh, but at a pinch and with enough cushions and blankets will work will just work during the hours of full daylight as well. Well there you go, whether or not this counts, I don't know uh, even if it doesn't, maybe it could be some help to listeners who insist on using those dark bags <laughs> and maybe this idea could be of benefit to them. He just sent that so that we get to use his sounds, didn't he? <laughs>
1: I mean, self-inflicted sure wound, there, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, uh, I also use cushions to plug up um, some light leaks in my dark room because <laughs> I've got this. Um... One door's all taped over and the other one kind of goes into a garage and the garage door lets light through. And I've got a black sheet hanging down, but I then use cushions at the bottom because the sheet doesn't hang down far enough. So I also use cushions. Uh, I don't know whether they're from IKEA or not. I haven't checked, but I say there's a reasonable chance they might be. So I'm completely on board with this.
2: I use a draft excluder, a draft excluder at the bottom. Uh, you know, the, the cushion draft excluders, I use that at the bottom of my dark room door as well. So there
0: you go. We're all using it. Oh, uh, cushions. Uh, cushions are definitely the way forward, then, aren't they? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, not being a dark room kind of person myself, I, I've I've never had to uh, repurpose the cushions in my house. <laughs> but there you go. So all right. Do so, time, yeah. yeah. Do you know what? All of these uh, sound excellent and thank you very much for everybody for sending in uh the emails with all the gadgets um we've got um well i'll tell you what we'll do we'll take a quick break now and come back and i think maybe graham and rachel and i will all pick our favorite and maybe even add to the list ourselves Right there we go. Uh, so much to choose from, uh, and uh, now it comes the time when we have to pick favourites, which has not been easy. But uh, I tell you what, let's uh, let's say ladies first, shall we? Um, Rach, mm. what do you think?
2: I think I'm going to go for the iPhone app, um, the light meter. Um, it's although I don't use an iPhone um, on my Android, I have my light meter and it's honestly it's it never leaves me so that's what i really enjoy is the fact that I, I always have it in my pocket it means that it's always there ready to go um and it's a great one for for introducing people who are new to analog too as well because it gives them a chance to go oh right okay i can i can shoot analog without having to take around loads of extra bits of kit and that kind of thing so i just get them when i'm doing workshops i just get them to sort of download a light meter app onto their phone so they have it with them whenever they need it so there's no excuses it means that they can go out and shoot with analog so um so i guess that's going to be my favorite uh, gadget and i know it's an app rather than a gadget but it's something that has really um, really helped um me in what i do so yeah so i'm gonna go for that one thanks cool. very much
0: excellent excellent graham what about you
1: uh, for me, it had to be the wine bag um, for keeping chemicals in. <laughs> Have you filled for, it with fudge two... vodka, though? <laughs> like... Well, yeah, oh, man. Well, vodka bottles are clear. They wouldn't be ideal. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the the big draw is the fact that you get to empty the wine bag first. That's very appealing. Um, but also, as like, for, if you're doing printing, it's great. But even if you're just doing home developing, having a nice big container for this stuff to go in it's really useful um and i just love the idea of just being able to like open the little tap and fill up a thing with my developer and oh that sounds great (laughs) i am absolutely on board with that um it hasn't up until now it hasn't made a lot of sense because most of the stuff that i've used it's like you don't have to mix it up beforehand but um i've started getting into more stuff now i'm looking at doing some stuff with the ht 110 where i want to make a a bit of a working solution with it so yeah i really like that idea that's a very good one i mean they're all great but that was my favorite because wine
2: (laughs) quick disclaimer on that one i would suggest that you get a sharpie and mark it very clearly that it's not wine <laughs> once you filled it with your developer <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a very uh, good very good point safety first excellent work right <laughs> how
1: bad do you developer tastes <laughs> don't oh, even
0: bad. think about it you're right okay i am going to say do you know what um I, I i know who i am as a photographer i take photographs of people and i love using flash so i'm going to go with the flash uh meter that uh the, the minolta flash meter that jim suggested um i don't have minoltas myself i have Sirconics, but um i use my flash meter all the time um i'm really tempted to go for neil's cushions though that's probably because i'm rather have a lie down rather than i use them for anything to do with uh <laughs> to do with photography although i would say actually just adding and inventing a new one completely on the fly and um, if you include if you included in that category bean bags as examples of really tiny cushions um bean bags are really good substitutes for tripods Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I think everybody who listens to the show knows that I'm not a massive fan of tripods, but if you take a bean bag, you can rest it on a gate or a wall or a door frame or something like that. Can it really help you um, hold your camera steady? So, um, so there's that too. So I don't, I think I'll stick with the light meter because it was on the thing that's on the list, but bean bags are definitely are are a good, a good one as well.
2: I think my gadget would be, Um, outside of the lovely list that we've had. I think mine would be a bicycle light um, because I'm often in places where I need to suddenly make a temporary dark room from a a dark room or cupboard or something under the stairs like Harry Potter or something. Um, So when I was at the library doing a workshop, I took the kids down into the basement. There was still quite a lot of light coming in, um, but we managed to black that out as much as we could, but I didn't have an actual red Darkroom light, so I just use the bicycle light. So, the tail light off a bicycle is actually quite good as a temporary darkroom red light that you don't need electricity for because you can just pop a couple of batteries in it and it will do the job in order for you to be able to see what you're doing, which is great. Uh, So, that and some masking tape that you can write on and put around your rolls of film so you remember which camera you shot them on and what it was that you were shooting at that time. Um, because if you're anything like me, I have, you know, a couple of shelves worth of film that's sitting there waiting to be developed. Um, and I very quickly forget what's on it. So I use masking tape with a Sharpie all the time, and just pop that around it. So, uh, so yeah, those would be my two gadgets. Graham, uh, and, anything from you? Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've, we've had a lot of gadgets here that have talked about how to solve the problem of um, you know drawing negatives and doing that promptly and scanning stuff inefficiently and um, getting good pictures and getting uh, my recommendation is vodka because then you just you're ambivalent about all of it and you don't really care if it's all a disaster so um i, I go with vodka that's currently my favorite gadget is that a gadget <laughs> it's my favorite thing <laughs> depends on how you currently. apply it
0: <laughs> okay all right so excellent well the good roundup of, of gadgets there thank you very much everybody for submissions um i think time to move on now uh to some news um uh this is there's some interesting stuff uh this week actually um i guess um well i I think over to graham first of all but um he's going to talk to us a little bit about uh the news from bellamy hunt uh japan camera hunter
1: yeah, so we've this has been a subject that's come up in the past on here and has been talked about elsewhere is the concerns that whilst the future of film seems to be at least shoring itself up a little bit, the future of actual analog cameras is a lot more shaky. Um And so as a response to this, it's looking like Bellowing Hunt, he of Japan Camera Hunter Frame, who bought us the Japan Camera Hunter film 35mm last year and 120mm this year, is in the early stages, the design stages of bringing to market, hopefully, a new 35mm camera camera. I haven't seen a great deal about this. I know it's very early doors yet, but from what I've seen, it looks so he's hoping to bring a high-end point-and-shoot style camera um, to market similar to things like the Yashica T5 and um, the, was it the Contax? Uh, I can't remember, but you know that that kind of thing, the, the good quality, good glass Upper end of that market. Um, you've probably seen more about this than I have because it's all a buzz on Twitter. Uh,
0: yeah, well, I, it is, uh, and I think uh, what happened was that uh, Bellamy did a live stream uh, to to launch this idea, and then people sort of picked it up and, and talked about uh, what was happening after that. Uh, there is also um, a good. Uh, article about it uh, on emulsive.org. So um, M and Bellamy have currently uh, have clearly been talking uh, and. Uh what has happened as the result of that is that um they've got a sort of you know one of em's um uh, written interview type style things if if that's not too vague a description <laughs> um that the, uh, you know following the live stream uh, where where um uh, em has quizzed uh, bellamy about what's going on so so you're absolutely right um i think bellamy bellamy does say it is a um it it's a a, a lot of things still to work through um, and and how complex it is. He talks about how complex it is when you when you're talking about you know getting a, a manufacturer to make a, a thin metal box and, and the difference between sharp corners versus rounded corners, um, and and all the variables you mm. have and and how yeah how complex it all becomes very very quickly. Um, it also talks about having although it is a a film camera having some sort of um, ear, ear electricery uh, where you get a, a companion app. Uh, and can work through so yeah and and work through uh, a, a smartphone to control the camera so so he's really looking to although yeah, i think to to move on uh the science of camera making if that makes sense to to progress that and to provide something new um that makes the best of the digital world but still retains you know that that uh, analog quality of having a a film camera so um and it looks really exciting um details still to come in a lot of cases um but you know it's uh yeah i mean yeah Rach, what do you think about this as a concept
2: yeah the um i i Love it! I think it's great. I'm I'm all up for the sort of convergence of the two, you know, the old and the new, and 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 how you know we we deal with change and and things that are you know as new inventions along the lines of the Polaroiders that the i i one, um, which was obviously a new physical camera that um they that Impossible brought out um and uh it also they developed the app to go with it so that there was the app-based digital technology that could potentially control some of the exposure and shutter speeds and that kind of thing um of the cam- the physical camera itself so um anything along those lines i think is fascinating and uh yeah um i look forward to hearing more about that as as he goes um i saw the on twitter i just saw the the designs are very sort of like first initial designs i believe um of it and it looks looks lovely compact sleek design um there seemed to be sort of like rings of chocolate all over the the plans <laughs> so he uh, was clearly enjoying a biscuit at the time or something when he was drawing them <laughs> which is which uh, made me like it even more um and yeah um excited to see how how that sort of pans out at the minute it looked like the viewfinder was going to be centrally based and i know a few people had asked about maybe moving it to one side so your nose isn't sort of squashed against against the camera back and you know all these sorts of little things that would be tweaked and and what have you so um yeah exciting that he's he's announced it and and i guess it will be a case of wait and see what the feedback is like and uh and take it from there and develop it so yeah great best of luck to bellamy
1: it is a hugely ambitious undertaking i mean i think it cannot be underestimated what the challenges are with this um as you guys know i backed the jolly look camera earlier this year uh, and the yes, jolly me look cam- mm-hmm. yeah and the jolly look camera is as simple, really, as a camera can be. So we're talking about a camera here with, I think it's a single meniscus lens in it. Um, it's got a very simple shutter, much like the old box cameras, and a winder to take the instax film through. So it's incredibly simple. It's made of primarily cardboard, um, mm-hmm. and yet even with those, you know, we get the updates coming through. And it's, I mean, they they had hoped really optimistically to be shipping those in i think june or july um and we're at september now and they're hoping they'll ship them before christmas but even with those just getting these very simple things the very simple shutters and the lenses right and to a standard that is okay um to send out has been a mission it's involved going backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards a lot just with these very incredibly simple cameras so to make what is being targeted as a high-end camera. Um, uh, I mean, I I really hope it comes to fruition, um, but that is an an incredible hill to climb uh, to get the quality... Where it needs to be um and you know, and the reality is that if it does all come to pass, i bet i won't be able to afford one because <laughs> we're talking about quite a bespoke thing if this happens so but yeah it's it's really exciting and it's it's very exciting to see somebody addressing this thing head-on um putting their money or at least their mouth where their mouth is uh, their pen where their mouth is i don't know what he's putting where his mouth is let's well, personal to talk about it Show <laughs>
2: Well, you could always get NASA to buy one and then you could go along on another nighttime photo walk with him, Graham, and, and borrow it perhaps. Yeah, there we go. Right, so, Maybe that's yeah. the way forward.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Group uh, share.
2: Maybe it'll be a group share camera.
0: <laughs> so there's a, so there's something that that hopefully will become real. Um uh then next uh, I don't even know really quite what to say about this. So, you know, uh, I think we've talked a lot over the over the various different episodes of the show about Yashica cameras. Um, I'm not even sure when the, the Yashica brand actually closed down. I think maybe the early 2000s or something like that. But this week they've released... A trailer for uh, well, it, it's difficult to know what it's for really, because all it's got is is a a, a model type girl wafting around with some kind of camera in her hand. It doesn't really say what it is that they're doing, teasing uh, even less successfully than M trying not to you know uh, let go what Hamish was working on. So we're uh, um, yeah, a w- weird thing though. So who's watched the Ashika video?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. Any idea what it is? <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm on their website. Um, I I don't quite know, because this is something that's all suddenly come, been thrown up to our faces recently. And I don't know whether this is as new. So um, Yashka does still seem to be uh, trundling along. I don't, I don't know whether they ever did fully go away, or whether they this is just now a brand thing that's popped up again. Um, they are doing a lot of marketing using the old cameras and using very much their sort of their history with the TLRs and the Electro Thirty Five rangefinders. Um, but currently, the only new product that's come out from them is a um, 4K HD wide-angle lens for phones, um, which. Uh, is retailing it. I don't know what the conversion rate is for this. We know how much they are in, what was it, Zimbabwean Wangs or whatever it was we were talking about last week. But um, in Hong Kong dollars, this is a $368 phone lens. That seems like it might be quite a lot of money. Um, I think people may be hoping that with all of this um, imagery of the old Yoshika cameras and the fact that they are talking about doing a Kickstarter, which is an unusual thing for a larger company i mean i have no idea whether yashika is still a larger company um that maybe we might be about to get something analog coming from yashika um, they they their tagline is expect the unexpected the unprecedented camera by yashika um in other years i would say this is going to be a pile of hot garbage but you know what guys this has been kind of an amazing year for the analog photography revival between films and cameras and Polaroid and Kodak. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, let's, let's be tentatively optimistic here. Um, because you know, as I as I said to Neil, who very kindly let let me know about this, it, it does you good to be disappointed every once in a while. But it, it feels like <laughs> if ever there was going to be a year where something as left field as Yoshika bringing out a new analog camera, it's going to be this year. Um, because whilst the rest of the world crumbles into flames and horror, film photography is having an incredible year of it. And so.
2: mm-hmm. um, Graham, what was the what was the cost you gave again in Hong Kong dollars? For what they brought
1: out. uh, 368 uh, Hong Kong dollars. How how much is that? um... Around £34. Okay, (laughs) that seems more reasonable. Wow, the Hong Kong dollars is worth about as much as Zimbabwe and Wang. Yeah, £35, there
2: we go. All right,
0: well, so, yeah, um, well, I I tell you what, of the two, uh, of Bellamy's Venture and of the the Yashica video, I, I... yeah, I'd probably at this point give Bellamy the credit for being uh, having a greater ability to deliver. But who knows? As you say, um you, you never know. It, uh, weirder things have happened this year already uh, in the analogue photography world. Uh, and that's before we ever go anywhere near like, things like American politics. So... Um, uh that yeah it's st- more news every week news now real genuine news about analog photography every week i mean if you remember when we started out the show right. new, new wasn't re- news wasn't really <laughs> a feature of of the show uh let alone every week was it when we first started out but there you go okay well moving on then uh we are nearly at the end of our show for this week but we do have some shout outs graham um over to you
1: yeah, we've got a couple of things. Um, the first thing uh, I want to draw people's attention to, he says, as he quickly hunts for the email, which he definitely should have clicked on for. Okay, this is a follow up to last week's show from Malcolm Myers. Uh, thank you very much, Malcolm. Um, says, Hi, Rachel Graham, and a- some info on the vest pocket cameras you mentioned in episode sixty-eight. Oh. So uh, we were talking about these. Aid, this was the camera that um, Toby had been using that he was having problems with, uh, and this is quite Such interesting. A good I believe
2: that. I love them. Um- yeah
1: yeah i like them as well um i they i believe they were used a lot by soldiers at the beginning of the first world war unfortunately the top brass felt that they didn't want people to know what was happening at the front and banned their use um i have one but have not used it yet so perhaps it's time to give it a go uh uh, also came across this, which might be interesting for any listeners who shoot with a Diana. Um, so there's a couple of links here, which we will include in the show notes. One is to an article on the online photographer. Uh, it titled The 40th Anniversary of Nancy Rex Ross, Iowa. So I'm guessing that's a... Um, a Diana shooter and also an Amazon link, which I'm suspecting is to a book. So we'll put those both in. Uh, and finally, on the subject of subject of creativity, Aid said to Rachel several shows ago. Um, I've caught up now that he didn't think that developing film was creative. Did you really say that, Aid? I beg to differ. I really get a buzz out of pulling that film off the reel to see how my negatives have come out. Okay, I appreciate creativity has many levels, but it works for me aid should definitely try it um i would like to start across instagram twitter email what have you uh basically a harassment campaign of make aid develop <laughs> um if you're just just start bombarding aid on every social media tagging him, make it's aid, a develop. new
2: hashtag a yeah. new hashtag for it <laughs> yeah,
1: for um i'll look forward so to
0: that you. thanks <laughs>
1: So thank you very much for that, Malcolm. That's really cool about the um, the World War One thing. I hadn't thought about it. It makes a lot more sense when you think about the size of those cameras, Uh, and also really interesting with the historical connotation of them actually not wanting to suppress. Those images that were coming back. Um,
2: I believe, sorry.
1: Lastly, uh, and secondly, both of these things, um, I've got a thing here from um, Hilary Clark, H Clark on Instagram, reminding us all that Polaroid Week is coming up. Um, So, Polaroid Week is running from Sunday, October the 15th until Friday, October the 20th. Uh, It's primarily based on Flickr, which is um, the Flickr group, ROID Week 2017, but there's also a strong presence on Instagram at polaroid week hashtag polaroid week and hashtag roid week um polaroid week started in 2006 as a way to celebrate instant film and is still going strong there are over 500 contributors in the spring week this year contributing over 2300 photos between them there's always lively and supportive discussions in the group we're a friendly lot Uh, It was started as a project to see what new and interesting things people could do with instant film and to challenge everyone to produce some really great work. Please note, Polaroid Week is not affiliated with the Polaroid company, other than the fact that we shoot their film. There are only a few guidelines. One, only photos you have not posted on Flickr before are allowed. Uh, photos, Photos posted before the start date will be removed. Two, you may post two photos a day. In Flickr world, a day equals twenty-four hours. Uh, Hillary, um, in an all the world, a day equals twenty-four hours. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Um, three, it's six days. Now, here's another thing, Hillary. In in the real world, uh, a week is seven days. It's very confusing. Four, though we call it Polaroid week, any instant film is fine. So you'll be all right with your Instax, Aid. Okay, good. Five. if you don't have a scanner you can take a digital photo of your polaroid but crop out everything but the instant photo please so that's awesome um i am gonna try and get some shots taken i still got i think a handful well a couple of pictures left on my old f 3000v in my Land camera which i'll try and crank out some real quality stuff for that i really want to get some of the new um impossible uh, not impossible some of the new polaroid film, the latest emulsions because i think it pretty sure it was hillary who i saw sharing some pictures earlier this week on instagram and it it was looking really nice and punchy in a way that uh, was nothing like the stuff that i've used in the past so i want to get my hands on some of that latest stuff and see how it's doing just yeah, a so thought October. just go back
0: can you tell me again what week is what's the dates for polaroid week
1: Yes, I was just about to say sorry about that. That's Sunday, October the fifteenth, until Friday, October the twentieth. Because
0: uh, if you look at the Polaroid Originals website, it says the cameras are going to ship on the sixteenth of October.
1: Ooh. Oh, that's going to be some people going <laughs> to be, be really contentious. Up, that'd enough.
0: be really contentious, wouldn't it? I could just imagine some people getting quite upset about that.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I i am going to get some more of that um get some of the new polaroid because i'm, I'm going to get some of the 600 film because i've got three cameras that will take 600 films so I'll slam it in one of those but i really want to get some okay
0: excellent all right well that's our shout outs for this week uh, which i believe unless there's any other business brings us to the end of the show does it i think,
2: I think so. it does yeah
0: wow in which case uh thank you everybody for listening this week you can get in touch with us uh, at sunny 16 podcast uh that's on instagram twitter uh occasionally facebook uh flickr and uh you can of course email us, e- email us at sunny 16 podcast at gmail.com Uh, We like to say thanks every week to Chris at pixelatedphotographer.com for hosting the podcast and of course to Rachel's band Rocha whose music is used to support our podcast unless anybody listened all the way to the end of last week's show when actually it was Jonas's music instead. Uh, So hopefully that gave everybody a nice relaxing change because it's a very, very different type of music Mm. from what we usually use.
2: (laughs) It sure is. (laughs) Uh,
0: But uh, lovely. Yeah, it was good. It was good, but we are proud to... To represent Rocha, uh, whose album Promises I Should Have Kept, uh, you can find on Amazon or iTunes. Now, talking of iTunes, uh, we had some difficulties last week. You may have noticed, you may have not, Me, Graham, and I tried to cover it up, that actually we were a little bit unsure on how you could uh, give us an iTunes review based on a phone. Uh, but we have had a late-breaking email that has just arrived as we are recording. Um, Graham, um, this from Neil, wasn't it?
1: Yes, Neil Piper. Who, What a trooper. Um, hi, guys. Just a mega quick one. Regarding leaving reviews for the podcast on the iPhone, at least with the newest iOS 11 update, Go to your podcast library and select the Sunny 16 podcast. This page offers you the episodes, and when you scroll down, you see previous reviews and ratings. Under this is a link to write a review. Cheers, Neil Piper. And you tried this with your um, iOS as well, didn't you, Abe? What was it, 10?
0: Yeah, so I haven't done the upgrade yet, or it hasn't been pushed out to me, or whatever the the, the thing is. Um, that that is something that must be new for the new uh, version of the operating system because it's not in my uh, iOS 10 podcasting app. So I shall look forward to that. And uh, and of course, uh, dear listeners, uh, we would be super grateful for iTunes reviews. It's pretty much the most powerful way that other people can help uh, that you can help other people find our podcast, short of just. Telling them about it, of course, which is a good thing too. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be grateful for any iTunes reviews uh, that you could make for us. Um, and uh, when you go to the whole sort of one, two, three, four, five thing, just hit five. Don't worry about any of the other ones. <laughs> 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 okay, that really does bring us to the end of the show. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye.